0: Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs postgame show presented by Points Bet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand bucks. Luke Stuckmeyer and Corey Friedman tonight as we go over the let's just call it the CJ Edwards revenge game yep. at Wrigley Field. Corey, how you feeling? I,
1: you know, the, the vibes were electric, Luke, as you tweeted when they, when the Cubs had seven singles in that, yeah. uh, four run seventh inning. And I, you know, the nationals aren't, aren't good. So I kind of figured like, okay, they're going to pick up another win here.
0: And just like that it was really quick. It, it happened quickly. Uh, David Elliott says that was painful. Yeah. I mean, they, they come back, they get your spirits up. And and to blow that game that quickly, and then Carl Edwards to come in and get his first save since 2020, his first time back at Wrigley Field. Right. Strikes out Wilson, strikes out Nico to end the game. We have to call it the CJ Edwards revenge game. Good no for him. Question. Yeah, for he him.
1: was always a very likable guy, uh, and you know, someone who like you know the command failed him, and it just he needed a change of scenery. But one of those guys who I'm always. I didn't remember that he was on Washington, but over the years when I've seen him on other teams, I always root for him. I'm always hoping that he's sticking with a major league club. You know, probably could have, he could have blown one tonight, right? Like it wouldn't have been that big a deal.
0: Well, after they, after they threw out Suzuki at second, the very next thing he does is walk, walk the time, run back onto first base. And I'm thinking, well, that's what I remember happening at the end of his tenure with the Cubs, that type of stuff where he just couldn't, uh, couldn't get a hold of the command. So, anyways, 6-5 to five Nationals win. They are the uh, worst team in all of baseball. And uh, early on, it was, you know, really the stro Show is what we were looking at tonight. Looking at what we're going to get with Marcus Stroman. And, you know, I, I know they were saying on the broadcast, well, if you take out the two homers, it was a pretty good game. Other than that, he really didn't make any mistakes. Yeah, but they were... <laughs> Four runs worth of home runs. Yeah. That's like saying if we didn't give up those three touchdowns in the third quarter, we were right in that game. Well, you weren't in that game, so uh, yeah. I don't know. I was a little disappointed. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just starting to get this feel. And I, again, I know he had a great stretch, Corey. He he was really good for a little while. I just get the feel if you have a really good if you have if you have the next great Cubs team. I, I view Marcus Stroman as a John Lackey. I don't view him as one of your top three guys. Not by the time the Cubs are good. I, and I don't even know if he's that now. I'd, I'd rather see um, Steele and Thompson out there, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he's definitely had a good stretch. And I think yeah. a lot of the underlying numbers look pretty in line with his career. And in some cases I think are near some of the better numbers in his career, but similar to how you're talking about those home runs, you can't take out some of the bad starts, right? They did happen. Um I'm not sure I, I, you know, I, I think he's better than where John Lackey was in 2016. I would be pretty confident in that, but where I would agree with you is you know, even if you're looking at next year, I don't think 2023 is the next great Cubs team, but right. I think there's a path to being competitive. If you want to do that, he, you need, there's got to be a someone else who's the one I think. And I, and I don't know if that's even a, a controversial opinion at this point. I think top of the rotation arm is one of the things they must add to this team. If you're looking to kind of take things to the next level next year.
0: But that's what I'm saying. So like, Okay, let's say they add that arm, and that arm is Rodon or whoever whoever sure. the guy might be. They might be lucky enough to get that could be called their real number one. All right, I still would put Thompson or Steele number two, and Strowman maybe is my number three on that team. And so that's why I'm saying next great Cubs team if that's 24, 25, or 26, and he's still on the team, I see him you know, his, his career is not going on the up anymore. It's, it's slowly heading down. So that's why I say by the time the Cubs would be the next great Cubs team, I could see him being a lackey type guy, still a guy you would want on your team, but not somebody you'd be counting on as your number one, number two, number maybe at that point, even number three, I don't
1: know. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, at this point too, like you need consistency, right? Like some of it is, is, uh, you know, obviously getting hurt is not, something mm-hmm. he controls. He got COVID, like all of this stuff is, uh, you know, stuff that's not really performance based, but you still need consistency and that's going to be something that Jed is going to have to weigh as he's building this roster is, uh, you know, it's a very different scenario, but like, you know, we heard more of, from Kyle Hendricks that kind of sounds like we're not going to see him in game action again this year, getting MRI, stuff like that. They're different obviously in their career and where they are right now, but it's sort of the same question of like, you need that consistency and what exactly are you expecting from these guys, you know, and are you sure of it? Uh, And that I think is, you know, a question mark And these last, I'm not sure how many starts it's going to be, but a little over a month and a half, you know, if Stroman can really settle in and continue the kind of run that he was on, it would go a long way towards confidence, I think in
0: the rotation next year. Yeah. And I don't want to put, you know, too much weight on one start or two home runs or anything like that. I'm just saying it's just kind of been the general vibe about the whole season. It's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster ride for him. And I thought that was, you know, one of those broadcasting moments that you, you sit back and you can appreciate was when Ryan Dempster's talking about the first home run and he's learned from this, you know, up and in not the spot to throw it to this guy, work a different part of the zone. And it couldn't have been two pitches later. He goes right back (laughs) to that spot. Yeah, Boom, there it goes, three-run homer. And you're like, oh, didn't learn.
1: Not quite. Yeah. Tried it again and did not work again. Yeah. Uh, Ruiz got him tonight. Um, Yeah. Yeah, just just one of those nights. And, yeah, I mean, you know, and the thing about the home runs, too, and this has been the case for, uh, you know, different Cubs pitchers at times is, You know, it's okay if you're limiting most of the damage and it's just home runs, but they got to be solo home runs. You know, if you're giving them up when guys are on base, the runs rack up. So, uh, tonight, the Cubs offense actually kind of showed up. The rotation, for the most part, has been pretty good. I think, as uh, our guy Ryan Herrera had pointed out since the All Star break, I think like around like a three ERA for the rotation, which is pretty good for a group that's sort of strung together in a lot of ways. Uh, but the offense hasn't come through. And then, of course, you know,
0: tonight the offense puts up five and it's not enough. So it's a story well, expect- not-so-good team. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I was going to say, with the record they have, you don't expect the ERA to be that decent for the starting rotation. You expect it to be worse than that uh, since the All-Star break. But it hasn't been. There were some positives in this game. Um, you know, obviously for the Nationals, Ruiz, I, I can see why they wanted him in that Scherzer he hasn't had a great season, and he—it's not like he's taken off like they maybe hoped. But you can see the potential and why they wanted him in the Scherzer Turner deal as as one of the key pieces. And now we get the pitcher that was part of that deal in the in the game tomorrow. So it's just kind of boy, you talk about rebuilding. That's a that's a total teardown over there. Um, Say Suzuki. That was one of the super bright spots. You know, other than getting thrown out at second there. I mean, three three hits, a home run. Two runs scored. Um, that's just a guy I want to see a lot of the last two months of the season. You know, we talk about that playing time. I don't think he was ever in danger of losing the playing time other than the injury. Um, but it's just somebody like those, his at bats are at bats you don't want to miss watching. Now, you can miss some guys. Like if Ortega's up, I, I can walk into the kitchen and do, you know, go get more yeah. ice cream. But, but, <laughs> But when Say is up, I do want to watch what he's doing, and I thought his at bats tonight were impressive. He could have had four or five hits, to be honest with you. Every time he was up, yeah. he hit hard.
1: Yeah, I think the expected batting average on the two balls that he didn't get a hit on were, I think, both like five hundred and above. So I think he pretty easily could have had a five hit night here. It's good to see he's, you know, it's it's. I I know that uh, he's an interesting case, right? Because he's twenty seven and he comes over from Japan with all these accolades and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, he's still a rookie. And I think you kind of get the sense through social media and stuff that uh, I think some fans have, you know, less patience for him than they might if he were a traditional rookie, right? Um, And, you know, not to make excuses or anything like that, but he's got a lot of adjustments to make. And, you know, expecting him to come over and immediately live up to that contract – probably isn't that realistic right now. He's been a slightly above league average hitter. Um, He's a really good athlete. He's been good in the field. He's got a great arm. Um, I don't know whose call it was to run in the ninth inning there, but I think from what I've seen, he's been pretty good on the bases. Um, And he's just got to go through these adjustments, right? Like he earlier in the year, he was super patient and he was getting called out on strikes a ton kind of getting the MLB umpire treatment, right? A lot where you go, okay, he's getting punished for being patient. Like that wasn't a strike. Adjusted, swinging a bit more since coming back from the injured list. And he's going to keep having to adjust. But yeah, I agree with you. Like he, it's the same as like, you know, Keegan and Steele, like they're kind of must watch, you know, television for this team because their success is really going to inform a lot of what this kind of next timeline is.
0: Yeah, they showed that stat during the broadcast of rookies with home runs for the Cubs this year. Uh, Say a nine, Morrell 10. You know, you got Velasquez with like six now. Um, and and it brought me back to something I heard on the radio this week. Uh, respected baseball mind, media member uh, was asked about, you know, how many of these guys are really going to be on. The, the discussion was about why they're not signing Contreras and why, why the extension probably isn't coming for him. And, you know, don't get up your, give up, you know, get your hopes too high on that situation. And the question was asked, how many of these guys will be on the next great team currently on the roster? And the response was like, I think he said one or two. And I was like, Ooh, uh, how does that make you feel if that is the case? And, you know, because the first name that popped into my head when I thought that, when he was saying one or two, was that that the one would probably be Nico Horner after this season. If it's two, maybe it's Keegan Thompson, maybe it's not Keegan Thompson. Is is saya the other guy that you think is definitely part of the next great Cubs team? 27 makes you kind of hesitate for a second. How do you feel about that?
1: I, that I would hope that that number is low because otherwise that team's not showing up for a long time. Right. right. And I, you know, I would be surprised if it's that low. I think that a lot of what we're seeing from these guys, how many of them are everyday starters on that team? I don't know, but you need good depth. And this is something that we talk about a lot. Uh, all of us really that, you know, through, some of those really good Cubs teams in, in that last era, the depth wasn't good. And they spent a lot of money on some bad players to fill out benches. Like Nelson Velasquez looks like a guy who can be a quality bench piece. He's got a lot of power. Uh, and if that can play at the major league level, if he can keep that K rate down, that's a useful guy that maybe plays, you know, say he plays three times a week, four times a week, something like that, pinch hits, things like that. Um, it also depends on what we're defining. If we're talking about like the next 2016 level team that's setting yeah. like major league records in terms a of a team certain, that could go to
0: the NLCS, you know,
1: like I, I that that might be a few years from now. Uh, I'm kind of looking at everything from a competitiveness standpoint. You know, what do they need to do to compete in this division that isn't particularly good, and I don't think has any threat of being particularly good, right? Um, Right. The Cardinals are a good team, but they're not a juggernaut. They didn't make a deal to become a juggernaut. The Brewers are kind of all over the place. They've been playing terrible lately. Um, So I just want to get to the point that they're competitive, and I look at this team, and, you know, you look at guys like – why wouldn't christopher morell be a piece on a competitive team even if it was a depth piece
0: right like right i agree with you i i that's maybe the question i didn't hear the question right because that was my other response was was he saying these were guys that weren't going to be part of the team or they weren't going to be starters on the team because yeah. i do think there's more than one or two guys that could be part of the next great cubs team they just might not all be starters. Now I, I can see pretty clearly, I can see Nico being a starter on the next great Cubs team. Yeah. Other guys, I'm not sure. Cause I'm not sure what their position is going to be. And for that matter, we don't know what Nico's position is necessarily going to mean. Despite the fact that Brennan, if he's watching, this is just having a meltdown right now. If I say that because he's been so good at short, but <laughs> it's just a reality. If you go after some free agents. I think Brendan would be
1: amenable to some of those names, uh, taking over short, as long as Nico is still in the plans. I think that's fine, but okay, I'll, I'll have right. to run it by him. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, but you know, and, and like, you know, something with guys like morell too, like that's a really valuable player. Maybe he's not a guy that you give 600 plate appearances to. Right. But mm-hmm. you know, you look at even the the 2016 team, they move guys around all the time. I always use this example when I talk about stuff like this and I'm not comparing them directly. Please don't twist my words, but everybody I think sometimes forgets that Javi Baez was not a starter on the 2015 team or really the 2016 team, right? Like by the right. time they get to the playoffs, he's playing pretty much every game because they're moving him around. If you know, a certain guy was pitching, he's playing third or whatever. But he was not a mainstay 600 plate appearance guy in all of those seasons. Oh, there he is. He heard you. Brendan heard you. (laughs) Um, His ears are burning. Uh, I don't even know if he was on this channel before. He must have sensed it. Um, But, you know, guys like that are really valuable, that you can move around not even just the infield. Morel can play everywhere, right? And having those guys and someone that has that power and like, those are really valuable players. So are, is everybody here going to be a starter when they win the next world series? Probably not. Right. Uh, But I think they're, they're building some really quality depth uh, that Jed can either build around, build above or move and use to get, you know, uh, full-time starters. If you want to go that route too.
0: Yeah, it's never a bad thing to accumulate better baseball players than you have previous to that. You know, like yeah, I'm I'm not saying they have a bunch of all stars on the team, um, but they have increased the amount of quality players in the organization. That 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 much we can see so far. So McKinstry is a perfect example of that. I don't know what what his fit is with this team. I don't know if he's just going to be a left handed version of David Bodie. But what, I do want to see him get those opportunities the last two months because that's all this is. That's all. It, it's just about right. exploration here the, the last two months of the season. And when he gets three hits tonight, and you can see that he's, you know, he's also a very versatile player. That that that's that's a piece. You know, if Morel's hurt or you need another, but whatever. The, I don't know what the role is. I don't. Right. But I I want to see if he's worth having on the roster going into next season. That's what I want to see.
1: Yeah. When he showed a little bit of uh, you know, that kind of athleticism uh, some good base running in the game tonight, I think going first to third on a Morrell single. Uh, Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we saw this Jed like this week really like woke up and was like, all right, cutthroat Jed is back, baby. Like we're, we're making some moves. We're getting rid of some guys. We're opening up some space and, you know, you see it with like Frank and you know, the Hayward situation, like, And maybe they were even late on some of those, Uh, but it just gets to a point where it's like, yeah, these are valuable, uh, you know, positions and playing time and at bats and innings in the field, even like you can't, you gotta have them be productive. And if you get to the end of the year and you think, okay, you know, Zach McKinstry, whatever, we're not feeling it you know, you have a lot of 40 man decisions to make and maybe he doesn't show you enough to stick in the off season, whatever. Fine. Who cares? Right. They lost to the nationals tonight. Who cares? Like I, you know, Cody was there. I, you know, I was hoping for a win for Cody. He was in the bleachers vibing, but you know, he took uh, the night off to go
0: to the game and what he got was a dose of CJ Edwards.
1: Yeah. The revenge game. Yeah.
0: And heartache. Um, no, I agree. I'd like to see McKinstry more. And we talked about this a little bit last night on the podcast. Like, who's the next guy that they might slowly start to ease out? And and before the show even ended, then it was Schwindel down to the minors. Right. Guys, I've seen – this is nothing against him. I've seen enough of Ortega to know that he's not yeah. part of the next great Cubs team. He's batting 230s. He's, he's a terrible base runner. It was a bad play tagging up, trying to score there. Like, and that isn't the first bad base running movies had this season. Again, I wanted to see him. I wanted him to get those at bats early in the season. Um, And until he started kind of taking a dive right before the trade deadline, I was okay with him being on the roster. I was okay with him being in the lineup. I don't know if I need to see him at the top of the lineup. Yeah. The last two months of the season, I, I, I think there's other guys I'd rather see getting those at bats.
1: That That's definitely the thing for me. He, he's he been a, a quality piece for them and a good find, especially yeah, against right-handed pitching. But the really weird to see him continue getting lead off uh, at bats. I know for some of these guys, you maybe want them lower in the order as you kind of like ease them into things like don't necessarily want that pressure on them, but these games are all so low stakes Right. Like, let's just get these guys at bats, like Rafael Ortega getting more at bats, you know, he got more at bats than McKinstry tonight. Right. Like that doesn't make any sense. What is, who is that, you know, maybe in the immediate, immediate, you have an idea that that's better to win the game tonight, which even that I'm not so sure is true. Uh, but yeah, like if you're going to play him, like he shouldn't be leading off. And again, I, I know there was some, uh, you know, when the lineup came out today on Tuesday, like a lot of people's immediate reaction was why isn't Velasquez starting again? Right. He, you know, homered, right. um, yeah. been playing well, sometimes I'm sure they are particular about matchups and they don't want guys to get overmatched and kind of overthink things. But for some of these guys, I just want to see him play every day. Like show us what you got. If they struggle against lefties or righties, whatever it is like, so what? You know, like if they're really, you know, going through it and it's too much for them, then OK, yeah, you can space right. it out. But like, let's just get these guys out there, get a big sample. And by the end of the year, you know, have a, bit, a more informed opinion of like, OK, yes, no, maybe so. Right. And I, I think, you know, what you have in Ortega, if you if you find that to be something useful. OK, but I don't think you're going to learn
0: anything new about him in the last, you know, 40 games or whatever it is. Agreed. We're not suggesting that the Cubs ruin a young player's confidence. I don't need a guy coming up from Double A AA or AAA too soon and ruining their confidence with their first trip up to the majors. I'm not suggesting that. If a guy is ready, bring him up and play him instead of Ortega. But like David points out, and I agree with him 100%, Ortega's 31. Right. Like, he's not a great player, and he's 31. So if there is a player that deserves more playing time, if it's McKinstry, fine. If it's Morell more in center field and McKinstry then playing in the infield, that's all good. That's that's what I would like to see more of. If that means Velasquez should be in center and, you know, Franmel should be DHing, okay. But I, I don't see as many opportunity. I'll be interested to watch what happens the last two months. I don't see why they would give too many opportunities we, to Ortega the rest of the way.
1: We had some fun over the last year and i'm 31 so like no knock on these guys we had some fun with these 30 year olds patrick wisdom has been a great find frank was fun last fall but you know the the youth movement really needs to take over right like it was fun but okay enough of the the old dudes let's let's at least be in the mid to late 20s if we're going to be doing this stuff right
0: what do you think of uh, Fran Mill Reyes? I mean, we got his first look. He got his first hit. He got his first RBI. He was excited. Um, prior to that, he was over for the night. You know, I mean, I know we'll get to who you got later. He was your guy, but. I tried. Um, I tried to get sneaky. What, you do you know? like that experiment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the thing with Fran Mill, I'm not sure what happened in Cleveland this year. He obviously, you know, that strikeout rate spiked 37%. Uh career for the most part going back to 2018 was around 28%. So clearly the the K rate really jumped. Um, but you look at his time getting regular or semi-regular time back from 2018, uh, 129 WRC plus 111, 116, 125. So pretty decidedly above league average hitter uh, capable multiple times, 2019 and 2021 hit over 30 home runs uh, and only 27 years old. So, for whatever the you know waiver claim costs or whatever, like I thought this was a no brainer. A lot of people expected it. And as soon as they announced it, they were like, yeah, this, this makes sense. And it's, it's worthwhile. The guy has a ton of power. If you can figure out how to get that K rate down, uh, that, you know, nine or 10% that it's jumped this year, why this year is the anomaly. I don't know. That's why they pay guys like Justin stone and the rest of the Cubs hitting group to figure that stuff out and not me. Uh, but, I, I think there's something there, you know, will you see it in the next month and a half? Who knows? You know, then you, you know, you have some decisions to make there. I think he still has some minor league options too. So it's a flexible yeah. kind of move. Uh, but yeah. And even if we're looking at this as like a one for one, they don't play the same position, but I would rather watch him than Frank.
0: It's just more productive.
1: That's even right. if and, it's and four, he's younger four years, that's it.
0: Right. He's younger. And uh, Brendan is back in the chat saying, yeah, Fran Mill is a large, large person. He is a big dude. And they mentioned that in the broadcast, too, that the, you know, the Guardians weren't too excited about the weight that he came into camp with. Um, And so that's, you know, something to see how he'll play the rest of the season. And if he is back on the team next year, which I kind of think he might be part of the the, the roster, at least um, for most of spring training to see what kind of shape he'd come into camp, because that's going to yeah. be something they're obviously going to want to watch. Is you, and, and, and Hey, it's an off season where you can actually have contact with the players. So yes, that'll be nice. I'm sure that's a luxury for the teams this time.
1: Uh, yeah. And you know, sometimes this is a gut check for guys, right? Like he yeah. kind of seemingly been a pretty consistent performer, like, and all of a sudden things go South and now you've gotten DFA'd and, uh, I, you know, I don't know about his, his physical conditioning or anything like that. Who knows, you know, how that comes about, but you know, sometimes this stuff really motivates guys and it's like, okay, yeah, something has, has happened here. I'm not performing as well. I got to really step it up.
0: Um, you know, I didn't place any bets, uh, but I do want to remind everyone that going into tonight, I was over 63% on my success rate. I think Cody hit the his best bullet, points, yeah, hit tonight. Pretty good, huh? Yeah, Pretty impressive. I like to brag around Cody when I say that uh, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content from Ryan Herrera, Jared Willis. You even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free t-shirt from the locker, all for making just a a slightly more than $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com. We'll help you out. It's your home for live in-play betting. It's just gotten even better. See an edge in the game you're watching? Is your favorite team primed for a comeback? Are they going to blow it? Possibly if it's the Cubs. Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live, more live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. Download the PointsBet app right now. Use the promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game once the game starts. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And uh, Corey, I do want to point out that our next partner, I've been using it all week long. Give me a little energy, that a little boost that I've needed. But I've been I always notice it, for, it, Luke. Yeah, I know. I've been using it pretty regularly now for several months, and I d- I wanted better gut health, more energy, and optimized immune system, and now that's what I'm getting from AG One. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. Instead, it's kind of mild, a tropical taste, and I look forward to it in the morning. Here's what it is: one scoop of AG One. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods. Probiotics adaptogens to help start your day right. A special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all those things. I get that boost of energy. So I take it first thing on an empty stomach. It's also lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, gluten free, dairy free, you're all good with AG1 and you're investing in an all in one nutritional insurance for less than three bucks a day. That's right. Three bucks a day. Recommended by professional athletes. More than 7,000 five-star reviews. So right now, time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. You don't have to take a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, Buy free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do Visit athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Cubs. Again, athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Cubs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Uh, Let's see, uh, David Elliott saying, Cody, thank you for reminding me to smash the like button. Please do. And it's good to see Cody here in the chat. He survived the night. He survived Survived. the uh, revenge game from Carl Edwards. Cody, was it your favorite game? Are you going to join the chat or are you not in condition to actually come on camera? Is that the way this is going to be? Just a chat <laughs> for you and Brendan? Yeah, most likely that's the case. Just I saw that at one us, point but... he, he he had a pole pitcher of margaritas that he purchased for like 35 bucks with his mm-hmm. girlfriend. And so I thought, man, we probably won't see Cody come on. But uh, I, I
1: think he was living the, uh, the Southport life this afternoon, which is a good it, way yeah. to live.
0: Yeah, it was a beautiful day. Started early? Yeah took advantage of the nice day off. Um, speaking of Cody, you know, he, he had the day off. He had the tickets to the game. He had some friends in town. And let's uh, let's go ahead and look at a who, who wore it best, Nelson Velasquez or our Cody Del Mendo. Now, that's Cody. I don't believe that's today. That was a couple of weeks ago. Cody with, the, like, Hawaiian shirt and that scooter that he rides to work all the time. Well, apparently his favorite player, Velasquez, has one, too, at Wrigley Field. I would. What here's what I would see out of this. I don't want to know who wore it better because that's the obvious question. I want to know who wins the race. Which one of those guys gets on that scooter? And if we set up a race outside Wrigley Field, going right past the you know the fire department, can Cody (laughs) take Velasquez in scooters of anarchy? That's Uh, Joey. That's a a good one, Joey. Well done, yeah,
1: Joey. You got. Joey made that quick. Um, I so. First of all, Brendan's response to that is, I don't want Nelson Velasquez racing anybody because I don't want anybody getting hurt. I know he's thinking that. I've known him for yeah, too long. Yeah, okay. Um, but Cody uh, tweeted that at Nelson Velasquez, and I'm really yes. hoping that Nelson Velasquez – you know, says something back. I don't know what he would say, but right. I, I'm just fascinated at that. I yeah. think the answer to who wins the race depends on whether Cody's back tire stays intact. It's uh, right uh yeah, a tumultuous history. So if it, if it stays full, I think Cody might have that one.
0: It sounds like a scooter defect, like that. that's happened at least multiple times. He's had to replace that tire. Like he hits a stone and boom, there goes the tire. So I don't know, like maybe he should look for another scooter although they are Chicago, you know, I don't know. Well, the potholes alone, if they ruin your car tire, they're going to ruin a scooter tire. That's that's yeah. without question. So, yeah, good good vibes for Cody. I think what he was looking for was some sort of response from Nelson Velasquez, maybe just a like, you know, just just a heads up like, "Hey, I'm watching sure. you." Much like yesterday when I I threw out the uh we threw out the Star Wars TikTok and everybody was doing Luke Luke and sure enough, I, I tagged Mark Hamill, the real Luke Skywalker, for the second time in my life. Yeah, there it is, Luke Skywalker gave me a heart. What do you think of that? Huh? Uh, I of that for the geeks out there. Listen,
1: I I like Nelson Velasquez, but I, this is he's no this Jedi. Is big time Luke. He's yeah, no freaking Mark Hamill Jedi. is is big right. time. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's Luke Skywalker. The only
0: thing he could do better is if if Yoda gave, if baby Yoda gave me a heart. But I don't believe he's on Twitter. <laughs> Does he have a Twitter account? No, Mark Hamill is he got old like, enough to have a Twitter account? Grogu is that what they call him? Uh, Mark Mm -hmm. Hamill's a pretty good follow He does a a lot of tweeting And he is pretty responsive to people um, On Twitter For someone who is worldwide famous
1: And I'll tell you
0: Luke I am going to wear out
1: That clip of you saying shut the hell up At the end of that video I got a gif of it I got a video of it My content bank was really grateful yesterday That's going to be very useful
0: Your content bank that's what you call it it's a folder on my phone, but yeah. It's like the computer at the Cubs. What is what is it called? Is it called Wrigley or Addison or what do they call that thing?
1: it's like uh, Ivy, maybe Ivy, like I that? think it might
0: be Ivy. Yeah, yeah. that's what Man. you should. You, your content bank probably needs a name, just that's throwing a it top out. Top secret name, yeah. Um, I also saw on social media that Mike Rodriguez of Univision posted that did you see the video of Pedro Strope? That's the last time Cody tagged someone was Pedro Strope and Strope gave him the good vibes and was happy with their matching outfits and they had that kind of the the onesie look going um Pedro Strope's kid is 14 years old and Rodriguez says wait is this a left-handed acuña swing and if so how fast do you want to see the cubs go out and sign this kid well, so the the
1: rumor, and maybe Ryan can speak to this if he's able to join, was that Franmil Reyes said that Strope was coming to Wrigley this week, which would only leave tomorrow because uh, they're, they're friends. They're from the same neighborhood in the Dominican Republic or they're from the same town. Okay, all right. Uh, and so I just bring that up because there is no – we. you and I have talked about vibing. We're you know, getting more familiar with that, right? Right, right, yeah. The there word is, is new to heat. me. Pedro is the peak. There is there is no right. human being that exudes vibes or is uh, personifies vibes more than Pedro Strop. On the field, off the field, it doesn't even matter. The man is a living vibe. I can only imagine the electricity if his son was a Chicago Cub. Um, and I this isn't the I, this isn't even the first time I think one of his his son's highlights has gone viral on on social media. I think he took Pedro deep one time when he oh. was down there and wow. that went around, but yeah, I mean, clearly, I mean, that's a beautiful
0: swing. So, uh, that would be very exciting. <laughs> Michael Colada says Ricketts likes him. He's cheap. Okay. I knew that was coming. Um, yeah, it's, it's somebody new. Uh, it's, it's an, Hey, all these guys have the kids coming up. Bob Bichette's been good. You know, all these kids, Vigio's kids. Good. Um, who else am I thinking on that team? bichette's kid uh vlad jr like BGO. why not the next stroke cubs get on that early so, don't forget yeah, it here's the question if he's in the
1: field does he tilt his hat to the left mm, you can't I'm do it with a batting yeah. helmet right
0: so it would no. have to be the hat when he's in the field and Stropey did had he he is tops in vibe but i would wasn't wasn't peak hobby pretty vibish. If that's a word, I, I, I mean, I used to, I used to ask Javi, I used to love to like, every time I interviewed him, ask him like, so who has more swag? Like you or Pedro Strope? and he, oh me, you know, like that they love to talk about their swag, the two of them, but who has at the that point? I,
1: I, I think you're splitting hairs. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm always a strope man. Um, I for for whatever reason when I, I used to run an Instagram for uh, the podcast Brendan and I were doing of course before we joined Chgo uh-huh. Pedro was always following and if I ever tagged him he would reply to me like in the DMs like I'm not saying that Pedro and I are close friends I'm also not not saying
0: that right uh, right so- you're not as close as I am to Mark Hamill but yes right. It's,
1: it's, it's sort of, a, it's a good analogy, right? Right. Um, if it was like an SAT question, you know, Luke Stuckmeyer is to Mark Hamill as Corey is to Pedro Strop. That's right. Um, so. so I'm always going to go Pedro, but you're really splitting hair there. Like the, the two Javi and uh, Pedro are just electric players. Um, and if Pedro's son is half as much fun to watch as Pedro was uh, yeah, that would be a welcome addition.
0: I wonder if legally we have to keep uh, Cody away from the ballpark if Strope is gonna be there tomorrow. Like just you know, trying to get some of that vibe. Oh, there it is. Oh, vibish. Gosh. See, that is Joey's a word. Quick. After all, Joey, Man. thank you, Joey. I knew that was a word. <laughs> vibish. Joey is quick. Very yeah, quick. Yeah,
1: he's uh <laughs> well so now you know, I mean, if Cody can go to the game tomorrow, the real challenge is you gotta you gotta wear an outfit that is befitting of, of the king there. We're talking like that's right. Highlighter pink, maybe if Cody has it. Like, really, only every time I see Pedro post on Instagram, I'm like, I could not in a million years pull off
0: these clothes. I, people yeah, he'll look do the matching like shirt and shorts. Yeah. Uh, what what do they uh, a, romper. a romper? A man romper is what yeah. they call it, really. And, and he wears I, I, the hell out of it, you know? He does. Yeah. You know, Sean Anderson's the only other guy I've seen try to pull off the romper type look, and his was just kind of the same thing matching but not necessarily a romper. All right, well Cody, is when you really are bold. Challenge has been laid, Cody, so. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, did you see PCA Homer again? Yeah. I absolutely. mean Absolutely. You know, we're talking about the earlier in the podcast, the next great Cubs team. Well, he's he's kind of shooting to the top of that list. For some reason, I'm drawn to Owen Casey swing too. Like I know there's a, don't get me wrong. I know there's a long list of prospects and PCA for some has now shot ahead of even Brandon Davis. Um, I don't know. I think there's some, I, if you're asking me to just pick some names and throw names out there, I think Owen Casey's part of the next great Cubs team. And I haven't seen a ton of him. I'm just saying the stuff I see from him. I'm like, Hmm. That might play in the major leagues.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's very exciting for a lot of the levels of this system. I think PCA was three for four with a homer and a walk. And uh, I th- I think we had it in our, our Twitter mentions, but I think it's his eighth home run with South Bend. And he hit seven with Myrtle Beach. He's got 15. Then I think he went down the line uh, for one of his extra base hits the opposite way it's he's and he's he's so fast every time I watch him I know he's fast I already know yeah. this but every time I right. watch it I out loud I'll go man he's so fast um yeah there's a lot of talent and you know we saw the other day like Brendan Davis hitting off of Adbert osally so like hopefully yeah. we're able to see a little bit of Brennan in some capacity um that would be really good news given that um yeah like I mean the system is is in a good place and we had a couple days uh, I think over the weekend, you know, especially with like Ben Brown's debut and and going back last week too where it just seemed like every 2 minutes the wonderful prospect guys of Cubs Twitter were tweeting that something else had happened in the level. It's oh this guy hit a homer, this guy's pumping 101, this guy hit a triple. It's like you know, it's 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 rapid. So that that's in a good place. Um you know, hopefully we're not waiting. If we're waiting until like Owen Casey is you know, ready to go at the major league level, you know, we're going to be watching a lot more games like tonight,
0: (laughs) you know, for (laughs) for a little while. I'm just saying, I think he might, uh, it might take that long. I I don't know. A lot of people begging for Matt Mervis. I see uh, uh, David and Nick are on the Matt Mervis train. Uh, That's been such a, he's been a real popular name. The last probably four weeks of Cubs fans wanting to see more of that guy. Um, You know, Duke undrafted free agent. Mostly that's because of the draft that he was in, you know, he would have been drafted, but that was a shortened draft. So, Mm -hmm. um, but he's, he's another interesting name. They they do have some guys, despite the fact that their drafts have been very pitcher heavy. There are a lot of bats that they had prior to that, that they added. And, and did you see that um, Jed Hoyer kind of admitted, like he was asked to kind of compare the, farm system to like the farm system of 2013-14 like as it started to build up towards that and he was like this group may not have the star power that that one did but it has nice depth that they're starting to build so I, I didn't know how to take that you know I, I didn't know if I should be disappointed in hearing that because I, I think any Cubs fan that watched the building happened from 14 to 15 to 16. Um, The fact that those guys did come up and, you know, mostly become stars and then win the world series. I mean, that's in a perfect world. I know it's not, that's not that easy, but that's what you're hoping for. You are hoping for a lot of these guys to be stars. So I don't know if I want to hear him say it doesn't have the star power. I I want there to be a Chris Bryant. Maybe it's the guy that they draft next year that's the next Chris Bryant. But I want PCA to be the next, you know. Yeah. I I want all those guys to – I want to be able to compare somebody from 16 to somebody to this. That's just what we do as fans. You compare the guy from 16 to the guy that's coming up. Who can be this guy? Who can be this guy? And so I don't want anybody to tell me that the star power isn't there yet. At least that was my initial reaction to that
1: yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I, hopefully he's just sort of couching expectations, I guess, and trying yeah. not to put that on some of these guys, right? because and I will always take an opportunity to mention that what Chris Bryant did was astounding, right? He had the highest expectations, and he came in and within a two year span, won right. every conceivable award that you could and a World Series, right. Um, so that's not easy. Uh, and, you know, then you look at some of those other guys, right? Like, you know, they, a lot of, pe- you know, there was that kind of thing uh, early on that I think Theo had referred to Schwarber as the next Babe Ruth. And then, right. you know, as some of his Cub seasons were not as successful as you'd want them to be, a lot of people were like, Babe Ruth, you know, like, no, <laughs> um, so, you know, that's a separate discussion for... Uh, <laughs> man, Joey is on fire tonight. Yeah. If you're on the podcast, you, you got to check out Joey's work on the, on the okay. CHGO YouTube channel. But and subscribe. Um, I think like, you know, the other thing is that at least at the moment they just don't have those guys and maybe some of these pitchers might fall more into that. Um, you know, I think Jordan Wicks is a guy that's like a fast mover, um, and we'll see how quickly like Kate Horton can move the guy they drafted in the first round this year. Some of them are just, you know, they're much younger. Um, they're, you know, Chris Bryant was coming out of college and a pretty polished player, except for, of course, as everybody knows, needing to work on his defense for an extra couple days. Right. Yeah. Um, other than that, he was ready to go. Um, wink, wink, but, uh, you know, these guys are very young, you know, all those guys in the Darvish trade were all teenagers for the most part. And, Uh, it's, it's not as easy to just expect that, you know, uh, right away. So I, I think you look at some of these guys and you hope that they can get there, but they're going to go through that, that process of graduating each of the levels and taking their time and, and not rushing things. I think we would be really excited about Brennan Davis, not comparing him to Chris Bryant or what Chris Bryant was able to do. But I had, and I think most people had very high expectations for Brennan Davis. And I think only because he has not been able to make any progress this year has that kind of been, uh, you know, cooled down maybe is, is the right way Mm -hmm. to say that. But I think he could be that guy. And I think you watch someone like PCA play, and I think he could be that guy. We're just going to have to be patient on
0: that. Uh, Brendan's. Uh, On the chat saying, I wonder if the star power will come in the form of a major league baseball guy with fewer team control in years for a few of these prospects, since the prospects are being valued higher than in previous years. Yeah, everybody's valuing prospects. Nobody wants to give them up. That's we saw at the trade deadline. Uh, That's why Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras are still on the team because of that. I just. I don't want to destroy the depth just by trading away a bunch of those guys. I'm sure they realize that some of those players eventually will have to be packaged together um, because that's what, you know, that's what happens. You know, at some point Glaber Torres was signed and they knew he was probably not going to be on the Cubs. Eloy was really signed and they knew he was probably never going to play for the Cubs. Um, So they realized some of those guys are going to be given away at the same time you're able to go spend the money when you, when those young guys hit and you can get them playing. It's like getting us. It's like getting your star quarterback, Justin Fields in his rookie contract, Justin Fields. If he takes too long to develop, isn't as valuable if you have to pay him so much that you can't afford the rest of the roster. So Mm -hmm. the window has to come fast for those guys when they get up. So I hear what Brendan's saying, I just would rather see them spend that money than start trading away prospects that they've just built up. Yeah. Uh, If it was Soto and it was a different situation than it is now, yes. But this wasn't the right time to try and deplete your entire, they didn't have enough to get Soto anyway. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you know, maybe you revisit that conversation you, and there's sort of those loose rumors about someone like Shohei Otani. Like I think he mm-hmm. kind of falls in that camp where it's like, okay, you know, I could I I would maybe do, I would do it for this, right? He's that type yeah. of player. I think what Jed is going for is what we see the Dodgers do, right? They're sort of the consummate example of this where they do all of these things. They make big trades and they trade from that depth, but then they also call these guys up to fill in when guys leave in free agency or guys get hurt or whatever. And it seemingly never ends. Right. Like, Freddie I even, yeah, I mean, it, it wow. never ends. They go and sign free agents. They bring up another top 100 prospect who's throwing a hundred and, you know, three miles an hour. They bring up another guy who's this top prospect. They trade them, but they're still there. And I think that's what Jed is going for. It's a, it's a difficult, uh, needle to thread. Right. So that's, that's the thing is it is very difficult. And, you know, that's where I think, and I, I think we, you know, you and I and Cody, uh, when we've been in studio together, have talked about this, like that's kind of the danger. And I think the frustration from some, when you hear Jed sometimes talk about the next great Cubs team and kind of centering it around some of these prospects where it's like, that's risky, man. Like we all, yeah. I, we just talked about PCA. Think he's brilliant. Like it's amazing watching him play. Yeah. Are we, Am I positive that he's going to be a successful major league player? Like he's, you know, he's not even in double A. I don't know, right? right. Like well, I think so. Were excited about Felix Pa. Well, hey, we could yeah. go down that rabbit hole forever, right?
0: I'm right. Jackson, I mean, like Josh Corey Patterson Midters. was a nice major league player, but people were talking about Corey Patterson like he was going to be Ken Griffey Jr. Right. Yeah.
1: So it's it it's it's a difficult. Proposition.
0: Yeah. I, 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 the, the, the
1: thing that makes this a lot easier and you'll see what they decide to do in this particular off season, is there's a lot of very talented players whose services are available for you, uh, for nothing more than a check, right? You don't have to trade anybody. You don't have to develop anybody. They just show up at Wrigley field. You hand them a bunch of money and they probably play really, really well. Right. So yeah. we'll see if they decide to
0: go that route or not. And that's why we appreciate your season ticket holder, uh, funds that you've filter in towards it, that. You know? Yeah. They're really pushing it. <laughs> yeah.
1: If they uh, hadn't been in my family for like 15 years, it would be a, a very different conversation.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's still fun to watch all of these guys. And I, I, I agree with you about the whole prospects thing that until they make it, that's what they are prospects. And if it's a great player, sometimes the deal is right. I just think, Right now, they're not in a position to just start unloading the farm system. It's not like the farm system is number one in the majors. Okay, it's be- it's it's improved. It's better than it was. It's probably uh, you're hoping it's top fifteen now, maybe top. What it do you depends think? Top who 10? you
1: ask. I think with some of the the guys, they have it in the top. I think ten, pretty easily, and then you know some pretty close to that. It really depends.
0: Right. So, so that yeah. means there's at least nine other teams out there that are like, we've got better young players coming up than the Cubs. So they're, even if all those guys were as good as we think they are, they're going to have to go spend some cash on the right players. Yeah. And they got to hope those contracts don't turn into Jason Hayward or don't turn into what, you know, the money has to be spent in the right place. And so that's some where of you them, put your. <laughs> some of them, Luke, work out like John Lester though. And it's. That's right. Every penny. That's right. And you know, that's, that's where I hesitate on the like Rodan or whoever the next, there isn't that great guy. Like if it was DeGrom, I'd be like, okay, I'd take the injury risk for me. Rodan would certainly in the off season, make them a much better team next year, but I don't know if he's a good enough guy to be your Lester moving forward. That's that, that's yeah, well, the type of I, spending you, that you don't want. You want to make it for the fans, but if you're trying to truly build the team, you also don't want it to just be a waste of cash too, if you're saving it for Aaron Judge or Shohei Atani or whoever it might be.
1: Yeah, uh, I, there's there's a lot of decisions to be made uh, <laughs> with, with this team. I, I guess I'm glad I don't have to
0: make them, right? No, I'd like to see you make them. You'd be pretty good at it. You and Cody... And, and the pitch doctor teaming up. The payroll would be a billion dollars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) But we'd sell a lot of scooters. We'd make up for it. Uh, I do want to tell you about Owen, which stands for only what you need. Owens a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that's working as hard as you do. All their products are free of artificial ingredients. They're allergen friendly, no gluten, no dairy, easily digestible. First heard about it when i found out that bears quarterback justin fields qb1 follows a plant based diet and now owen and chgo have partnered up to give you an awesome offer 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com that's l i v e o w y n.com with the code chgo20 join me and justin fields and try owen only what you need by the way uh not to get totally off topic what a mess with the uh, bears best player Roquan Smith. Wow. Guy wants to be traded. At least we're not in that situation.
1: It's uh, I, I think it's probably good for the, our bear squads, uh, you know, YouTube views and podcast listeners. I would though, say it's helping know. them out a little bit. So, it's gonna be a so little I'm not, a, I'm not a big football guy, so I'm just going to root for CHGO here. So, you know, <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, you want to do who you got? Let's, yeah. Let's and I think, uh, I think we and might. We're have, still waiting uh, to see if we're, uh, you know. I think, Ryan I think, think we have Ryan, Ryan Herrera here. Oh, we got him. Yeah.
2: I was about to say, are you just gonna leave
0: me out there? As I've been. I got you. I, I got yeah. How I, I was Luke? Luke I who have like on. special? I mean, I got Luke. readers, but like yeah, are readers. I readers can't on. see magic screens somewhere. You know, Joey, give me. Oh, I see. He's got a private chat message. Uh, <laughs> Excuse uh, me, but we have Ryan. If you want to intro Ryan, Ryan's ready to go. Why are you ignoring Ryan? Okay, No, Ryan. Well, Ryan, uh, nice why started. don't we get straight to who you got since I won? Um, you won again? Are
2: you, are you sure? Boom.
0: Look at that. Saya. Uh, Woo. You know what this means? So. By taking Saya, I have now won for the last five. I'm back within one of catching Cody. Strowman looked good early on, and then those home runs just blasted you out of it. And I thought, well, Franmill, if he hits like a three run homer or something, would. Potentially, but man, this is this is a this is a runaway winner with me with saya tonight. You yeah, can't, can't, I mean, argue can't even make a
2: fake it. argument against it, right? Yeah. Can't argue against it. But my I, guy I will say. got a hit. That's true. You know what? I will say if you want to just give everyone a point, like I'm okay with it.
0: <laughs> no, I don't. No, it's this Cody's is one <laughs> of most decisive wins of the year, right here. This was, this was running. I mean, Cody had Schwindel and Joey had Hayward. So, I mean,
2: yeah, I,
1: Joey's so I, I sent goal. this in our, in our group, you know, channel, but you know, Fran Mill had a, the RBI hit. He also sure. had two ground balls that were 103 miles an hour. They were outs, but like, I don't get any it struck out for, looking
0: too. He struck out looking too.
1: I don't get like a scorched ground out half a point or something no all right no yeah, i'm no. just happy i didn't get an over i was closing won, in i'm
0: closing in the last I time
2: i was there and i didn't go over tonight yeah plus, uh, plus one of those home runs that stroman gave up just kind of snuck in the right field like what was that that, that was barely a home run so it's more like he was close enough to a quality yeah. start than, than it I
0: weren't did. for the four runs by homer he had a great game uh yeah. what, what what was What was the conversation like uh, from David Ross in in the clubhouse?
2: It was kind of like that, especially with Stroman. Like, Ross kind of said himself, like, he thought that Stroman actually pitched well. Stroman said himself that, you know, that he thought he pitched well. Um, He he, he said he, like, feels good. He feels like he's kind of in that spot that he wants to be. Um, And that's what we've kind of been looking at and looking for, you know, the whole season, really, because he uh, uh, stinted on the I.L., the COVID I.L., like, he just really hasn't, you know, even at the beginning of the season, still building up in the short spring. Um, you know, he's, he's finally, I think it was about like about a month ago when he finally came back, maybe a little longer than that. Um, and he's, oh, you know, he's looked really good. Even today. I mean, he gave up four runs, but um, I mean, it wasn't a ton of traffic today. Uh, again, that one home run kind of just snuck, snuck out Um you know, strung, he, he's like, you know, I do a, a couple different things, go a different way than it, than it happens, but, um, or then things might change. But, um, you know, he, he he's talked about how he feels like body-wise, pitching-wise, like the, the mixes are good, the stuff he's trying to do is good. And just today was just ended up being a bad day in the box score, but that he feels in a good place, which I think is what we wanted to see all season, right? Like that's just, yeah. he's, he's had a couple of really good, really good starts earlier in the year. But he never was finding it consistently, and he kept saying that he didn't really feel like he was all the way there. Now he says that even though today, um, you know, wasn't you know it wasn't his best start, he, he feels just body wise, pitching wise, like he's in the spot he wants to be, or at least getting there.
0: All right. Uh, I mean, other than that, it was like I've never seen that many singles in one inning before. I I, I felt like it was like the same play it was just happening over. I I didn't know what was happening. I thought I was having a malfunction in my brain or something, the way it was going. It's just like yeah. single, 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 single. And and then to blow that after coming back with that was, and again, I know the game doesn't mean anything, but yeah. still I felt for Cody who took the night off and went to the game and yeah. was, you know, getting, he was getting the vibes and he's pointing out, you know, he sat in right field wearing a right field suck shirt. I, I, the guy had it all going for him. He was talking trash in right field. He was feeling good. And then they Mark Leiter just sucked it right
2: out of him right there. It was just that was it. The happiness was gone. Shame. And you know, that was one of those like <laughs> it's like the wind blows like any harder. That's yeah. that's a that's in Ian Haps Ian Haps club. Like that bat the someone said the basket the basket taketh, the basket the basket yeah. giveth, the basket taketh away. Yeah. Like you love the basket when it when it helps your team, but when it doesn't, then it's the end of the world, right? No, that's, um, yeah. That, that that was that was definitely a bummer. Considering, I mean, you look at how they did it too. Like five of those seven singles were opposite field. Like everyone was just going first to third. Like no one. It was. I will say. I I, I and I tweeted it, but I do think that was an ill advised tag up from Ortega. I'm not sure if it was his call or, or if Willie Harris sent him from third. Um, but you have, I mean, even though that gets caught, you have first and third, nobody out. That was like the fourth or fifth straight ball put in play against this guy. Like, I think, yes, the Cubs have struggled to score runs, especially with runners in scoring position this year. But I think was the way that inning was going, yeah. like this, guy was, this guy wasn't this guy was striking anyone out. Like, they, like they were going to be able to put the ball in play, I think. Um, so I, they you ended up arguing with the, the difference in the game. Yeah, well, they ended up getting the lead. Yeah, of course, yeah. they ended up getting the lead. Um, but then, uh, you know, that's that's probably that, that could be another run that the Cubs don't get, and and instead of it being a, a loss in nine innings, um, they might still be in extras right now. And I'm like crying because I want to go home. Like that's that, that could be where we're at. So. I, I kind of like. And I think Jed talked about how they
1: hit into so many rally killing double plays. And that's been, you know, something that we've seen a lot from this offense, but I I mean, I remember like some of the first episodes we were doing uh, earlier this year, we talked about like their, their base running does leave kind of a lot to be desired at times. Um, I know I I brought up the double play thing because I know that I think Ross is at times being aggressive to avoid that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because it, at certain times the offense just, it's not there. It's, you know, particularly lifeless and you're just trying to make things happen. Uh, but I'm at least at certain points in the season, I would be surprised if they still don't, they led the league in outs on the bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, like, even in that, that ninth inning with, with Saya, uh, you know, again, whoever's call that is, I'm not sure, but, um, they, one, one thing from Ross is that I think he likes stealing bases, even when he, does not really have a base stealing team, if that makes sense, which again, I get it, right? You're especially, you have so many guys making contact, trying to stay out of the double play, but there are nights like tonight where, you know, you're left looking at the highlights in the box score going, all right, well, I wonder if they cost themselves this run that they needed pretty badly.
0: Yeah. I I feel like he really tries to push the envelope with, um, knowing that it's not the most talented roster. Mm-hmm. And I guess the only spin zone I could put on Ortega, and I would agree it was a bad tag and he's not super fast and he's not a good base runner generally, um, would be that, hey, there's two months left in the season. You're creating a comeback. you got something going. Why not force the worst team in baseball to try and make a perfect yeah, throw to sure. the plate, which which they did. So was, you yeah. know, I, I give him credit for that. You know, that's a bad team that made a good throw to home. So, in, yeah. in that way, I give
2: it a little bit of slack. But yeah, and it's not even that. It's like you know, half just hit it perfectly. Where right. I don't remember who the center field center fielder's name was, but the, Thomas, the Mads, something like that. I think. that yeah. was it Lane Thomas, the guy, yeah. 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 the guy that got from the Cardinals. Yeah, the guy got from the Cardinals, I believe. Um, maybe I'm wrong on that, but uh, yeah, the center fielder. It was like the way Ian half hit it, it was like. Right into right into his mitt, right where he was literally running straight home. Like it was, it was kind of the perfect situation for a perfect throw for a to to, to nail a guy out at home in that situation. Like it, it, a lot a lot had to go right for Ortega to kind of get thrown out in that situation. And you know, in specifically today, everything went right for the Nats in that you know in that play that to to get him out at home. I mean, I, I don't I don't I see all the arguments and I see the size and I know Ross has talked about like wanting to push the envelope and and taking those chances when they have them. Um, But I think, I think just in, in if you look at it just in that inning alone and the way that was going. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know that I agree with with the send in that situation, Uh but I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a a conversation that could be had around that because there's, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely a couple different schools of thought to have on that. And I don't think you can really prove either which way, what, which one's right, which one's wrong.
0: Did they say anything about the uh, McKinstry magic tonight?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we, we actually, you know, talked to um, Andy Green before the game. Uh, we talked to Ross a little bit about it. And just like, you know, he hadn't had a hit yet since he got to the, uh, to the Cubs. Um, and he, they both kind of talked about how he, you know, as a guy that like with the Dodgers, even when he was up, wasn't playing all that much. Um, and how hard that can be i know you know ross and ross is a guy who caught every five days towards the back end of his career like he played every five days and he was catching john muster and that. like he knows that how hard it could be to, to you know not be playing every day and then one of those days be called upon to pinch hit or be called upon to to start a game and, you know how, how the the routine changes and how difficult that could be um and, you know both of them talked about that again um but I think they were kind of talking. Uh, Ross actually said, uh, you know, bef- that during batting practice today, he watched McKinstry, um, and he looked and he saw that he or he felt he felt it was McKinstry's best batting practice since like that he's seen uh, that he's seen thus far. How how much does that mean in the grand scheme of things? It's batting practice, so you know whatever. But it ultimately turned into his first three hit game as a Cub, his fourth uh, three hit game in the major leagues. Um, he put, I, I want to say, he put all three opposite field. Maybe at least two. At least two of them were for sure oppo. Um, yeah, all three were opposite field. Um, so he, he that, you do like to see that. Just a guy like McKinstry, who the Cubs, you know, traded one of their one of their better relievers, uh, a guy who kind of came in and, and there's like, you know, this is a guy we're going to give a shot to over the last couple months of the season. Um, hadn't gotten a hit coming into today uh, in, in a Cubs uniform and comes out. Puts up three hits, you know. I think he started, he started a couple of rallies, or he was involved in a couple of rallies right there uh, with those singles. So that it's a good night for McKinstry, and I think they've kind of talked about how he, they they see him putting that work in. And if this is that sort of breakout moment, I guess you could kind of say, like that this is a good start for him.
1: Well, so Ryan, I, I you talking about batting practice? I was curious. We were reading a lot <laughs> yes. on yes. Uh, Yes, we're reading a lot on social media that the Fran Mel Reyes batting practice was a bit of a, a bit of a show is that
0: uh, yes. you're not into it Luke oh no, <laughs> come on this is you know, people are acting like Sammy Sosa was at batting practice the only times hey. I've ever watched batting practice and cared Sammy Sosa you would watch at, on you know if you went to the ballpark you wouldn't miss Sammy taking batting practice because he used the cork bat and he was putting on a show and then after that, it was Carlos Sembrano was the only other guy you had to see in batting practice because Big Z would swing so hard you'd think he was gonna you know dislocate his shoulder to try and hit a home run. Other than that, like <laughs> it's batting practice. Like they're soft tossing the ball. Like who cares how far the guys I don't know, I'm not 10. Yeah. I don't care about batting practice that
2: much. It was oh. it was impressive the power display that Fren Reyes put on. And like like Corey said, he had a bunch of hard hit balls just they didn't all go for hits today.
0: Well, great. He should be yeah, on our but, 16-inch but, softball team. For here, you go, here you go. Here you go.
2: That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, but I will say, I'll push back a little bit because Chris Morrell's first batting practice when he first got called up was very impressive, and then he hit a home run in his first at-bat that night. So, hey, batting practice might mean something.
0: I, also, I'm not he, saying they shouldn't take batting practice. I'm just saying... I don't know if we can evaluate a guy for hitting a home run in batting practice. He had, he had, he had a lot of home runs. In batting I
2: batting
1: just, we, you know, right. we were getting a lot of tweets all at once. Like, you know, Whoa, Fran mm-hmm. Reyes. So I was just wondering if he was taking out any windows on Waveland or anything like that. You know, I know the ball Might hawks have. are out there. I thought about yeah. walking over there, you know, and seeing how far away I could stand and
2: see if I could right. get a Reyes. Uh, that, a that's a question people. I've always had. That's a question I've always had. like, when you're standing over there, like how, like, How like like are you afraid like when to see a ball coming and like get hit in the head like how nervous are you like because you can't see the ball? There's a lot of guys
1: out there. Every time I walk past there, if I'm going to the game or going to the train, like when they're out there, they they must be pretty confident because they're they got their gloves ready and it seems to be something they do every day. So I'm I'm yeah. I, I'm assuming mm-hmm. they're not wearing them off the head, like every time. Right, they're doing with it, all that blood in their
0: you're, all that blood in their eyes, you would think they'd be able to see it better, but they're not really. So, well,
1: and Ryan, uh, the
0: the rumor,
1: you know, I, I I watched the video. Like, did we get any confirmation? Are we getting Pedro Strop at Wrigley tomorrow? Because that's the only game left in Chicago for yeah. the week. Somebody hose down. That's what Mill said.
2: Yeah, Fremil said that he's coming to. Why well, he didn't specify where? I don't believe he specified where. I mean, that could be. He's. I think he said it's like within the next week. That he's that he's gonna. Okay. All right. All right. Maybe uh, maybe okay. we get Wait. all
1: right. How about this for
2: a, a shot? Camp? I'm just suggesting
1: it for for Fox. The, Beautiful shot of the cornfield, and out comes Pedro Stroke <laughs> in like <laughs> a in a jumper, you know, a romper. The Cubs
0: outfit, a man romper like that
2: black and white man romper he has. <laughs> This, this is the quote from Fran Mill. It's, it's big that, on Pedro Strope. It's big that he's coming this week to watch a game to support me like I supported him when he won the World Series. This week, it's happening this week. That could mean Sunday. That I happen over the next seven days. I mean, I, it could well, be a field of Ryan, dreams. You know? Well, Peter you should probably sleep there.
0: Field. Ryan should sleep at the ballpark. This is the kind of story that's going to put us over the top. If we can get Pedro Strop to say something to, you know, by the way, Brendan is on here saying, hey, Nico Horners must see batting practice too. <laughs> Joey, you, just because he works here, you don't have to put his comments up. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nico, oh, Nico, Nico, Nico. Any, yeah. anything else, Ryan, before we go? We're we're at an hour ten minutes here. We've been going after no. you know two we bad teams go going head to head. We yes. still crank out Ray an Pubs hour team. ten
2: for everybody. We yeah, we could go all night talking about this roster crunch, but we'll we'll, mm. we'll save it. We'll save it for a different day. Let's uh let's wrap it up.
0: Let's wrap it up. Uh, let's let's save it for Justin Steele and tomorrow's post-game yeah. show. Uh, yeah, thanks to Joey. Thanks to Brendan. Thanks to Cody. Thanks to Ryan. Thanks to Corey. Uh, and uh, thanks to the Nationals for coming back and winning that game in depressing fashion. Six to five, Cubs lose. And uh, they will play at 120. Justin Steele on the mound will have the post-game show for you right here on CHGO Cubs. So we hope to see you then. Until then... Have a great night and thanks for everybody that joined us on the chat on YouTube.